Hello, hello, hello. We're in for another episode of the Mental Threads Podcast. I am here with one of my friends I met at Dreamville Fest and a fellow poet. If she'd like to state her name, please. Hey, my name is Brittany. Just Brittany. Ain't gonna bring out that government last name. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Protect your identity. Is it Brittany yeah, Spears? Can. Listen, you can't be selling everybody your government, but my name is Brittany Clark. Oh, oh, Brittany Clark. Okay, she went with it anyway. I was like, I wanted people to guess. Like, is it Brittany Spears? Brittany Renner? Who knows? Anyway, no, no it's just Brittany the, the poet. Uh, Brittany Clark, to be exact, and everything. What she has in front of her is a, a poetry book, which is titled Wandering Thoughts, which is actually, yeah, that's kind of cool. This sounds like, you know, like one of them jazz type of snap, 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 kind of has a jazzy type feel to it. And a jazzy uh, cover to it. Like, what is that? Petals? What, what yeah, kind? it's purple rose petals because I, when my favorite color is purple, too, I was messing around and I found this um, on Canva. So I just, you know, rolled with it. Before we delve into like everything in regards to like her poetry book and her poetry background, I uh, just want to say we met each other back at Dreamville Fest, which was like back early April, and you're still having the uh, post Dreamville uh, blues, is what I understand. <laughs> Yes, I miss Dreamville Fest. I had so much fun. I met so many people, so many cool people, and a lot of them people do support my book, and I'm so thankful for it. Like, I love it. Yeah, man, it's just everyone was just cool, and it's just crazy because I met everybody off, like, a whole group chat on Facebook and everything. That's where I got the group chat from. And then, it, like, it was, like, 50 of us that literally met near the Ferris wheel, and then they just know that we actually met each other. Like, oh, wow, you do exist. And you're not some robot or something like that or whatever it is. I don't even know what people are afraid of. It's just, it was just weird seeing each other like in person. Cause we're so used to connecting off cyberspace. So like, you know, describe that experience for you, like on your end. You know, um, it was a great experience. I like meeting everybody because I like meeting new people. Although I am shy, so I never like speak first. So you gotta be like, hey. So when I first met Carrie. I was actually sitting beside him at the nothing but anthems, and I was like, I'm scared to talk to y'all. Can y'all, like, just come say hey? If y'all say hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to start running my mouth like crazy. Like, then, I, then I'll open up, but, like, I can't speak first. It's just something about it. Be nervous. Oh, yeah, if I'm curious, uh, what's your zodiac sign? Scorpio. Oh no, not the Scorpio. <laughs> Everybody be trying to come for Scorpios. We are the best sign out. We don't do nothing to nobody until they do something to us. Y'all gotta understand. It ain't like that. Sometimes I met some Scorpios that were just on the warpath for no reason. Like there's like this is two types of Scorpios. There's like the really chill, friendly Scorpios, like the type of friends you want to keep in cheers forever. And then those those Scorpios that kinda give off that vibe, but then they be having like ulterior motives and I don't even know what it is. I mean, that's just my experience. I don't understand everybody like that. I mean, but that's everybody, though. Like, you meet some people who really chill in life, and you meet some people that's like, uh, why, uh, why did I meet you? You get your lessons and your blessings. Yeah, no, I feel that. You know, those, I'm an Aquarius, so it's like I met other Aquarius that are just like, are you really an Aquarius or for real? Are you just like a pretend Aquarius? Like, I don't know. But then that's kind of head-ass but think people are trying to, like, gaslight other people that <laughs> you're Aquarius. All the Aquarius I know are toxic, so I mean it is what it is. Y'all, y'all are some very toxic individuals. Maybe we just maybe you just haven't met the best. Like uh, maybe you're like the best Scorpio, man. I might be the best Aquarius. You might be. You never know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm saying I don't have any toxic (laughs) tendencies. I know there's I know there's some toxic tendencies in everybody, but I I try to be working on myself. You know what I'm saying? As best I can. You know what I mean? That's just I can't speak for everybody else. All the other. Aquarius. Jay Cole's an Aquarius, and that brought you to Dreamville Fest, didn't it? Yes, I love that man with my whole heart. Like, exactly! Ha ha! Caught right here. I didn't say that all Aquarius were toxic. I just say Aquarius cis are toxic. I mean, I mean, Dr. Dre is like an Aquarius, and like, if you watch the whole Michelet uh, thing, I don't know if you watched the whole Michelet. I did watch that. I did watch that. And I don't even blame Michelle A for the most part. I blame her mother for saying oh you need to stay basically that's just how men are no baby get your ass up out of that situation or either be his ass one or two one or two i mean yeah i can't even blame it for, on that end either man i mean for real it's just like i i don't know why is that like such a something such a thing that we like accept in society like for like dudes to just be toxic or then just like females but, to just accept it 
but that's how other that's how mothers back then were a lot of mothers now are like stand up for yourself do what you need to do and um just focus on your dignity like you know don't let anybody walk all over you and treat you any type of way you know like just raise your standards basically yeah and but i mean women back then like they had to do what they had to do to make it in life but i mean i'm not getting beat for nobody i got four brothers and i I ain't gonna say i'm a fighter but you're not about to put your hands on me and just think that's okay (laughs) like no that's not what we do around here but like i said that's also how a lot how a lot of women grew up and i also feel like black women just have it the freaking worst Black men, yes, I agree, y'all do have it bad, but, like, black women are the most disrespected women. Most disrespected, period. Um, feel like disrespected on the whole human spectrum type, or just disrespected just in general? I feel like on the whole human spectrum. I mean, yeah, in a sense, yeah, but I don't know. I feel like black women still have a lot of support on y'all end. You know, I know, like, maybe some of it could be a little bit competitive. Like, some females like to sleep with other people's man and stuff like that and be, like, on some talks and shit like that. But I feel like that's a lot of other people, too. But I don't know. I feel like there's support groups and everything. Like, with black men, it's like, well, they ain't no support groups for, like, mental health or, like, you know, any types of things or any type of whatever in the past. It's just, it's hard to find, you know what I'm saying? Any sense of sympathy. Like, when shit happens to us, it's like, you know, that's your problem, you know? So, you just kind of thug I it mean, out. I mean, I do agree that y'all, uh, and... Not trying to men- compete or nothing, just like... No, you know. no, in the mental aspect, I definitely agree that it's more that could be done for black men's mental health, but as far as everything else, I'm like "Mm, I can't agree with you Because black women get the most shit Like we get the shitty end of the stick You have colorism Mm -hmm. Within the black community Not not just with women With men but like I feel like it's worse with women Not only do you have colorism You have black men always disrespecting black women But let a black woman be like Oh I want this white man It's uh why are you dating outside your race Blah 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 but black men, you like what? Cause I be hearing I, all, all types of Yas Queen and everything in the comments. I feel like dudes get it worse on for the white. Like, oh yeah, you don't like your mama or something like that. But these are still these are the black men who go on their social medias and stuff. Yeah, and they post and they're like, oh, white women is white women that praising white women like they don't have a yeah, black mother. That's kind of cringy. I'm not from my perspective. Guy, you seen the whole I what that Ayana says something. I don't know that one show on Oprah. Old girl who brought a bunch of black dudes that say they don't date like black women and they only date like oh, I didn't see you that. didn't see that. This is a YouTube video. It's like Ayana saved my life. Some stuff like that. I don't know. I think you might have heard her. her. I know who she is, but I've never. Yeah. I ain't never heard it's that. It's embarrassing. It's, it's really embarrassing. I feel like if you watch it, you would, like, get a kick out of, like, a lot of this stuff. Because mm-hmm. even I'm looking at it, I'm like, come on, dude. What? It's, it's just, like... Because, like, there was this one dude who said, like, he likes walking on the beach. <laughs> he likes playing fiddles. It's like, he don't listen to hip-hop music or whatever. It's like, okay, so that's, like, your identity, though? Like, you expect people to just think, like, oh, yeah, this guy's so interesting and everything. He was, like, criticizing black women for calling each other bad bitches and stuff like that. It's like, and I'm sitting there, like, come on. I'd be like, hey, what's up, G, to my friend? It doesn't mean he's a gangster and he's moving, like, cocaine or nothing like that. It's just, yeah. it's just a term of endearment. I just feel like some of this stuff is kind of unfair. You know what I'm saying? Like, when it comes to that kind of stuff, and it's just like, you know, I'm just speaking, like, from my end, from a guy that actually really supports his sisters and everything. I went to an HBCU and stuff of that nature. I feel like that's where all the healing starts and everything. Mm-hmm. That's where my growth starts. I always struggled at predominantly white institutions because I felt like nobody, like, you know, supported me. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, for the colorism aspect, I've even had issues with colorism, too. You know, it's just like, it was just straight up just obvious. You know what I'm saying? It's when it's obvious. That's when it's like it's so cringy. It's like, come on, man. Like, what? You know, it's just like, I feel like we're the only type of people that have to deal with that. But there's other cultures that favor uh, European uh, aesthetics and their cultures, too. That's all cultures. Because it's just been embedded in us. Now it's just embedded. Like, the lighter, the better. And that's not true at all. It really isn't. It really it sucks. Isn't. It's. It definitely sucks because, like, even in my own household, my brother is like, oh, that's light skin stuff and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, bro, <laughs> being light skin has nothing to do with being emotional or nothing like that. But that's just the stereotype. Like, you being a person of a dark, darker color does not mean that you have to be the toughest person out there. No, you got the right to still cry. 
as a man as a woman as a human you have you're emotional like you have the right to feel how you feel you have the right to express that whether or not somebody agrees with it or not yeah man it's just like you know it's like it's just crazy how like times like change and everything or what age is like your viewpoint of like colorism kind of not your personal viewpoint but just in the the commonality and generality of viewpoints and colorism kind of switches up over time like in high school if you're seen as like darker skin you had to be tough or like a thug or like you weren't you weren't nothing or if you're like lighter skin you were seen as just like held up you know on the men's perspective you know you're held up as being like you know held up as attractive or more likely to get girls and stuff because drake and chris brown were like well the thing back then and drake is still doing his thing and chris brown's still doing his thing but it's like it kind of died down a bit because then it's like you know it seems like those same girls would be like oh yeah you're too dark skin i can't date you or oh like oh like you know i can't do anything with like a dark skin dude or i want to be with like this light-skinned guy Whatever the reason is, it's just... But then when they went to college, they found it, like, the blackest shares they could find. And it's just, like, you know, like, that's just so strange. That it's, like, our value has to come down to, like, you know, fetishizing us. You know what I'm saying? And I found that just kind of creepy. Because, like, that's, like, like plantation talk. You know, like, you're making sales and everything. Whereas, like, another person is just, oh, I just like him because his personality. Or I just like him because oh, his who he is as a person. Whereas, like, it feels like a lot of, like, our colorist uh, ideology is kind of put to the forefront. It's, like, that's where it kind of breaks us down. It's, like, fetishizing us first, you know. And that's just it. You're attracted to who you're attracted to. But it's, like, you know, you can't fetishize a fantasy with somebody and let that be the base of your relationship because it's never gonna last yeah like i think i i don't like i don't say i don't like interracial relationships but i feel like it's a fetish like i feel like it's based off of fetishes and yeah (laughs) like i i agree you love who you love regardless of the race whatever but i just i i just think it's a fetish like it's just something about it, cause it, I know it's some people's whose motive is, oh, let me be with them because my parents don't like this race, regardless of the race. And then there's some people who's like, no, I genuinely, truly love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my brother's in an interracial relationship. Uh, I don't know if you saw like uh, old girl with the purple cornrows out there, the Dreamville. Oh, I don't think so. You don't know. Well, anyway, like they're they've been in a relationship for like six years now really like it's been that long and it's just like you know it's just it all started because of their shared love for hip-hop and just the same music that i put my brother on that's what they shared on so it's just like it's just stuff of that nature so it's just like they've been together for like way past like well for the most part of a decade going on like four years short of a decade and then it's just like you know i've never really raised my brother to really just you know i don't be like oh i'm his father or whatever but you know it's just like my dad was not really there so like i was like the parental figure in a sense but it's just like you know it's just in regards to fetishizing and everything it's not like he just came home and was like oh i got with this white girl oh this white girl's like blah 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 i know they just started dating and they just liked each other and then they just grew from there and they, they've been together ever since type stuff and like you know she's always been around she always tried to help with the graduation situation like she's basically part of the family already because it's like that's how much she cares and that's her first everything first everything so it's just like you know it's just like you know i feel like love can manifest in all types of forms and everything but i feel like it comes down with a lot of just looking inward and really like you know it just comes out of nowhere sometimes too some people just like to like date all around because they feel like oh like it gonna it feeds into that fantasy and everything some people just want to stick with one person that just loves them and they love them and then they give them less stress and if they even if they argue they still get back together you know what i'm saying i definitely agree i do definitely agree i don't think like i just say it's some people some people have motives and then some people are just there to love you just because that's why i said some people are putting your life to be lessons or blessings like it just is what it is yeah it is what it truly truly is man but it's just like but the whole uh colorism aspect and like the whole like it's just like you know a black woman getting bashed and stuff like i could understand that like for real like i've seen it and everything like people especially dudes even when kodak black said he would never like date like a, a darker skinned woman because he's dark or something like that it really says a lot about a reflection of our like society as a whole because it's just like you know if you i feel like if the vibes are there then it's all good like it don't really matter like if you're dark 
brown, light, it don't matter. Like, if you get along with that person, you like that person, you're attracted to that person, you know, like, you're a human being. You're going to be attracted to the chemistry in your brain is going to pop something, you know what I'm saying? It's not, like, going to be, like, processed, like, oh, dark-skinned person, oh, can't do that. Like, it's just, like, you know, it's just, it's just dumb and everything, but it's just, like, it's, like, but that's just how the society is and everything, and these are, like, the messages they push for for our kids, and you wonder how this stuff is going to change over generations, like, over time, is it just going to be forgotten about, is it just, it is what it is, you know, there was once a point where interracial marriage was seen as, like, like, no, that's a death sentence, but now it's just, it's just day-to-day life, now it's, like, a fetish thing, now it's, like, a whatever type of thing. Um, and then you don't know where it's going to be, like, in the future. You feel like it might get better in the future? It might just be whatever. I really can't predict that because, like I said, it's a lot of stuff that society has embedded in us to become okay with that we shouldn't be okay with. Mm. But, I mean, not even necessarily weddings and marriage and stuff like that. It's just stuff, some things overall, so... We just have to see where it goes because every day is a surprise to me. And in regards to the situation, in regards to, like, do you feel like black men could probably do better in regards to, like, how we treat our sisters, even publicly and privately? Like, what do you feel like we need to do as a people, you know? Because it's just, like, at the same token, I know that there's a bit of issues we need to address. But in regards to addressing these issues, uh, what steps do we need to do or what steps do you think we need to do in regards to just kind of, like, putting a halt to that or probably healing from that or doing whatever i mean i don't know the steps but the first step is always admitting to self like hey like i'm wrong or either hey i could do better in this aspect like i think we at the end of the day we all need to respect each other respect each other's hustle stop trying to one up each other yeah especially though. Mm-hmm. and just support each other like that's the one thing i liked about dream of fest like it was just a vibe. We ain't had no fighting, no. Uh, we did well, have a we bit of. We did have. We did, a okay, I'm, I would say we did have some fighting, but it's not as as significant as like what could possibly happen at Coachella that's going on right now. What happened at um, Travis Scott's whole little thing? Like what happened at one of Ariana Grande's concerts? It was just a vibe. Everybody support each other. Everybody took care of each other. Because I know I was sitting, I was at the front waiting for J. Cole and VIP. And these two girls behind me, they was like standing behind me so nobody could squish me. Because people kept pushing forward, trying to get close to the stage. And because I was sitting down, like they was about to run me over. And they was just like, no, like it's somebody right here. And it was just a vibe all around caring, which I think that's just how we should all be. Yeah, for real, man. Cause it, it really kind of, it was really chill vibe until like the J. Cole part. I remember out there in the car because it was so, there was a whole lot of people there. It was just so crazy because like I think there was one guy and his girl were fighting over the whole like Jada and uh, Chris Rock and Will Smith situation. I'm like, you do know you don't know these people personally, right? And whatever situation they got has nothing concerning you. But I guess people were kind of divisive over just like whether if he was justified in slapping old girl or not. I was slapping old dude or not. Yeah. I mean, personally, we just would have been fighting at the Oscars. Me and Will would have had to fight it out at the Oscars because you're not going to slap me and just be like, oh, okay. But this is, I I feel like maybe it was some beef even before this. Because it was a lot of stuff coming out about Jada, Will, and Chris. Like, um, I read something where it was like, Jada said going on a date with Chris Rock was like the worst date she ever been on. And then that they had probably been beefing ever since. But that doesn't matter. I mean, I understand why Will Smith smacked him. Don't disrespect my wife. But, I mean, it's other people out here disrespecting your wife and you ain't done nothing to them. Then, it's like, okay, Jada has always had a shortcut. So, I didn't even know before Will Smith slapped Chris Rock that she had alopecia. alopecia. Like, I didn't know that. Like A lot of people got it and you don't even know that, to be honest. Because sometimes yeah. they have so much hair you and, cover it. Yeah. And she's always kept a shortcut. So, it was kind of like... Wow, but I mean, people get made fun of every day, B. So I mean, and he's I, a comedian. It's not like he was being malicious, you know. Just we didn't even know what GI Jane even was. I had to look that shit. Up. I didn't even know the Oscars were even having that night. 
and everything. But I know we're still talking about it. It's kind of old news now because, like, now it's like they're getting a divorce, which is kind of sad. Who's but, getting divorced? Yeah, Will and Jada getting divorced. It's like $400 million divorce. Mm, I did not know that. That's interesting. Imagine slapping some dude in that. And <laughs> that's, that was the thing that literally had your whole divorce put it. You know, because she didn't stand by, she didn't I, stick by Will, you know. At the same time, it was like, oh, yeah, you should have never done that. It's like, dude, that's your husband. I mean, if you don't feel like, why didn't you just tell him right there? Like, you could have stopped him and you didn't stop him. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not with that. Like, But it was also a red table talk where Will Smith, um, I haven't seen it, but like I said, this is stuff that I've been reading where Will Smith was like, um, he played Jada's birthday for three years yeah. and she was not happy. And I'm just like, at this point, just leave that leave that man alone. Like leave that man alone. Yeah. Three years to plan your birthday and you still felt like, oh wow, that that's annoying. Like it's just like what? I heard about that stuff, I'm like, yeah. damn, I'd be afraid to get married because like what if you like someone so much like in your twenties and in their forties it's like they're that malicious to you, like, you know? I mean, that's when you have to let the relationship go. Like I understand they built they built an empire, but it's like it's not worth it. Like that's toxic. Did they really build an empire? Cause like Will Smith's kind of acting career versus Jada Pinkett's acting career. Come on, like I love Jada Pinkett's movies, but it's like compared to Will Smith now, it's not. It's not about their acting careers. It's just they they built an empire. You know Jada and you know Will, right? Yeah. You know, and before there was Jada and Will, there was Jada. And there was Will, and they still were both equally known. But that was in the '90s, though. Like Will Smith, like kind of grew into the whole like movie industry with like Independence Day, Men in Black, Bad Boys. Come on, now it's just like the, the list can go on. It's just like this franchise is like, you know, Jada had her movie here and there, her hood movie with you know Jason's lyric and like Menace to Society, set it off girl strip that one time you know she she voice played a hippo on madagascar with with chris rock as a, a zebra <laughs> but yeah. it's just like you know it's just i don't know empire i wouldn't say they both built the empire i feel like but, will smith kind of put had the empire in his hand like he was like married into it but so. guess what at the end of the day that little bit of money that little bit of acting jada did she could still live off that She's oh, she's yeah. good. She's yeah, she's, yeah she's good. Like that's why I say it's an empire because that's something they could pass down to their kids. An empire. I feel like they support each other, built it up, and did what they had to do. An empire is not based on okay who did this the best, who did that the best. No, an empire is okay. We built this. We got this wonderful house. We got these kids. We we made a way for our kids to make money and their kids to make money and their kids to make money that's true that's what that's what an empire is and that's exactly what they did but i feel like at some point like i said you have to let it go because yes a willsman may have did his dirt of course but jada is just publicly doing it and it's kind of like well damn like literally it's I'm one of those, I'm going to support my husband in public and correct him in private. Yeah, that's better. Like, don't have to put your opinion out there all the time. But honestly, that whole situation would have been better in private. When you think about the whole Chris Rock thing, she, you could have literally went behind like, yo, Chris, like, that wasn't the cool thing to do. She got alopecia, blah, blah, blah. You know, Chris Rock actually did a documentary on hair, good hair and stuff like that, which is kind of ironic. But it's just like, you know... It's just one of those things I feel like people could have been like... I feel like cooler heads could have prevailed, really. But it was just like... Yeah, I just nobody think it was it. like a bullshit situation. Like, y'all, everybody was just bullshitting. Everybody is just... It's overall just shitty. And I feel like it's really unworthy of people's attention. But we still talk about it. We still all got our opinions because it happened. Ooh. Will Smith stopped somebody at the Oscars when literally... At the, uh, I guess because it's it was BT, I guess it doesn't make it more prominent because it's, it's all Oscars. Like, it was Oscars. I know, but I'm saying what the what I'm about to say. I guess because it's B, it was BT where this happened at where like Suge Knight and Biggie them they was all beefing. No, that was the Source Awards. Oh, the Source Awards. Yeah, that was even worse. <laughs> That's yeah. like super BT. <laughs> yeah, but point being is. 
it like even they was disrespecting each other but it, it wasn't was, it, was it didn't get physical until like they left the building or whatever but still being it's like okay it just the whole situation could have been handled better and chris rock i from what i've seen has always came at jada so he shouldn't have came but it was also said that will smith still be in his like he's still being his roles per se so he was feeling protective because he had just did king richard so he just felt like he had to slap the shit out of him but like i was telling somebody else i was like well you slapped shit out of him but you ain't slapped shit out of august because that's who needed to be slapped yeah he made a song about like the situation too Mm -hmm. so it's like i don't know being a celebrity must be tough bro because it's really just a matter (laughs) of just like you know everything you do is under a microscope and it's just like literally even day-to-day life like with people even in society today with social media people try to post other people's nudes this that it's mm-hmm. a I'm mad like you're already a public figure and it's like your shit's always out there all the time yeah. like everything about your like oh like your marriage open relationship whatever it is out there and it's just like you know you can you think about a black couple that we just don't know much of like Russell Wilson and Sierra all we know is that they're living well together. We don't know anything I else. I mean, and LeBron James and his wife. And y'all don't know that stuff because they don't put their business out there. Like, to go behind the reason I said that Will should have slapped the shit out of August. And I feel like Will, even though Will Smith said he wasn't hurt, I feel like he was hurt simply because... um, Just the lack of Jaden giving a damn. Like, Jaden, no, Jaden bought August in to their home as his friend who needed help Mm. and i feel like he was kind of um what do they call it word gaslighting not no not even gaslighting i feel like he was kind of like nursed into this this idea oh yeah like let me let let's fuck like let's do this for her manipulated yeah for her to be like and for her, Jada Smith to be like, oh, I'm still not in love. Like, I had to learn with August. I had to learn what love is and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my like, God. I would, like, <laughs> I would have lost my fucking shit on Red Table Talk. No really? lie. I would have lost my shit. And I'd be like, people like this actually exist? Like, yo, why is telling you? Like, you know, I got to learn love from, like, my... My son's friend and everything like that. And then just go about it on live television. Why you gotta make a red table talk about that? All this shit is so private. Like it's just, I mean, oh, she no. made a red table talk to basically explain her side of the story. But I feel like nothing nothing got explained. Nothing got said. Even though she does not owe us anything. But like I said... I just, I'm just glad that they are getting a divorce. And she spoke on it because... I just feel like the relationship was toxic. It was abusive. And not physically abusive, but, like, but mentally. Mentally. Very yeah, mentally. mentally very abusive. And I'm just glad that they're out of it. Because I can kind of relate to Will as far as I'm possessive and about my loved ones. Like, if I care about you, I'm going to be like, so what's up? If somebody hurts your feelings, period. And that's just the end of it. And I also feel like he's a giver. Like, I'm a giver. Like, if I love you, like, if you're my significant other, you can get the world from me. Like, my daughter, she gets the world from me. She gets anything she wants at the drop. Mommy, can I? Yeah, go ahead. We can do this. We can. You can get this. Like, let's go. Yeah, man. It always comes from those who are very empathetic in nature. And I feel like people who are empathetic in nature and society. I spoke about this on another episode. Like, we get the worst of it because of people feel like they can just get away whatsoever and so i guess like that's just why the whole tupac obsession is so run so deep with jada because tupac will always be immortalized in that age at age 25 as being like this super innovative artist that was also a thug and intellectual and all types of stuff we never got to see an up and down from tupac after that you know so it's just frozen that thought of him will always be stuck as that even though, like, dude was at, went to, like, freaking uh, uh, acting school in Baltimore with drama with Jada and everything, you know, and stuff like that. He wasn't necessarily a thug thug per se, you know. Like, we didn't really know. I mean, but I don't even use the term thug because I I say it like this. I don't think people are thugs or anything as such. I feel like you do what you have to do in situations. 
And that's just it at the end of the day. He did what he had to do. Some stuff, yes, he didn't have to do. But it's all about like how you how you came up and your mentality. If you listen to that man speak, he was very intellectual. Very, very intellectual. Yeah, Tupac was very intellectual. And then he was just like, hey, I've been, I've just been out here doing it. Like, when it comes to career-wise, let, to put it like, I support everybody career-wise. Like, if you a stripper, you make your money. If you're dealing drugs, make your money. Because to be in the mindset of a drug dealer or a so-called thug, you have to understand, like, what they went through. They didn't choose. A lot of them didn't choose this shit, to be completely honest. A lot of them was like, okay, well, I have to eat. Or they had to be a stand-in for their dad, for their siblings, and take care of other people. Or their parents were on drugs and wasn't taking care of them, so they had to do what they had to do. And then it's also a lot of kids out here who have parents who love them and do everything for them, and they still want to go down that path because they think it's cool. And it's fa- and the fast money can be addicting, like no lie. But it's most people they not doing it for fun. Like I have a friend that I know, he not he not doing that shit for fun. He doing that shit for survival. So does that make him a thug because he's doing it for survival? Oh no, I meant like the the picture of a thug. That's what I'm saying. It's about the image of the thug. Because there could be people who could live completely thug life, and you would never even know it. Like they dress up and go to work, wherever they work, but that just that extra money on the side. That's just it. They don't even want to be seen as thugs because that's self incriminating. And then there's some people that just like to brag about little things that they do, the guns that they get, the sun registered, and then they fuck themselves up. And it's just like you know why even put yourself in that position, being incriminated and everything when you could have just you know just you know. Just kept it on a low profile. I mean, but I think thug is a made-up concept, so... Oh, no, definitely. <laughs> and it is what it is, you know. I, I feel we've been speaking a whole lot about these socioeconomics. Let's try to delve deeper into your book and what it means to you. Uh, I know it says it's like, uh, people just probably listen to this podcast. Are they going to talk about the book now? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Anyway, it's like, uh, <laughs> and she is uh, an author, uh, Brittany Clark, my guest here, uh, with the book of Wandering Thoughts. Um, and just how you spoke to me earlier, so it's pretty much talk about other people's experiences, and you pretty much, like, you know, idealize it within poetry, correct? Yeah, I definitely do. So I have a quote at the beginning of my book, and it says, To those who read this, I write what I see. Um, you should all remember that observation is the key. And then I found this quote on, uh, I was just on Google, not even going to lie. And it says, To acquire knowledge, one must study but to acquire wisdom, one must observe by uh, Marlon Savant. I think that's how you say her name or his Mar- name. Marilyn Vosavant. Yeah. And I just took that quote to heart because, like, it's like, dang, like, if you observe, you can really see what people truly are going through and, like, how shitty it could be or how good it can be. And that's why... Um, I have a tattoo on my shoulder and it's my favorite quote that I have ever seen, had it written, whatever. Well, I didn't write it, but it said it's from the movie um, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. It says you accept the love you think you deserve. And that really hits home because people like some people accept shitty situations, which is written about in my book, or some people accept situations like they just they just settle when you don't have to settle and it's too much i've seen too much settling in my life like if you don't love the person that you're with anymore get a divorce if you don't love yourself take those steps to love yourself if you don't like if you're not happy where you at just keep it pushing keep move forward don't settle yeah, man, I could feel that a whole lot, man. It's crazy I even brought up the term of settling, you know, even from my life and everything. Like, uh, years ago, after high school, I still stuck with the same circle of people I hated from, like, high school. Not hated, hated, but, like, people who were pretending to be my friends and everything. And then it just, it just went into a point where they would just go into the street and say all types of stuff about me, uh, like, your whole reputation all over the place and everything. And I just stay away from them. And I just moved on with my life, you know, because like, when people really try to ruin your character to the point where it really pushes you off the edge and everything, they realize what they did to you, but it'll be already too late. And then years later, they see you on the cell, like, oh, my gosh, like, 
Oh, we didn't know what happened to you. You used to tell me everything. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. I, I, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. I just try to protect my peace. And there ain't nothing wrong with trying to protect your peace and everything and not settling. You know, and in the meantime, I found friends that love me. Friends that want to keep me around. I'm still meeting new people. Like you from Dreamville Fest and everything, you know. And it's all good vibes. And it's just like that's the one of the main things for anybody that's listening to this. Like back on the whole settling matter. There's no need for you to settle for anything in life. No career, no job. If you want to go for your dreams, go for it. You only got one life to live and everything. You got to make it count and everything. Every time I'm at Dreamville Fest, I see J. Cole on the stage. I see Lute on the stage, J.I.D. I'm saying that's going to be me one day. Like, I could be doing this. I could be dropping these many songs. I already dropped 12 songs. That's the first step. We'll just take it on from there. Who knows where I can go with this? You know, I've already taken this podcast to like the 56th episode. This is the 56th episode. Ooh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, right? It's been a long time coming. You didn't follow me on Instagram. That's where the links are at. We can see all past episodes and stuff of that nature. So it's just like, it's just about consistency. And I will reach my goal of like 150 episodes this year and everything. It's all the matter of just being consistent. But getting back on the book, is there any poetry uh, that you'd like to share that maybe you like to delve into? Um, Free to do so. Thing. See, I, I should have gave you time to look, right? <laughs> uh, but it's a uh, hey, take your time, man. It's like we, uh, it's just like all the we're already past the 30 minute mark, so it's like you know, it's somewhere in between that hour mark. We're straight. Oh, I like the one about black woman. Why not? Why not start with that one? Okay, yeah, that's right. I can I can read that one. Yeah, so black woman, as a black woman, you use and abuse me. If you could see the scars you leave behind, what would you say that you're sorry that you've come to the realization that I'm always in your corner? helping you while being helpless i keep giving myself hope hope that you won't change with the season but you do (sighs) simply because you are a man who feeds on my strength then turns it into weakness oh snap 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 now what does that uh what does that poem mean to you i know that's why i stopped on that one specifically because it kind of touches upon what we spoken on earlier about a black woman not being like kind of protected or being disrespected openly and stuff of that nature if you want to alliterate what that poem means to you that poems mean that poem means that can't even talk that poem means to me it means a lot because like i said a lot of black men like expect black women to carry them when it comes to everything like children and all children um education they expect black men expect us to fight for them and we can't even fight our own battles because we're so we're fighting for y'all like and we're tired i can as a black woman i can say i'm tired of always seeing oh black women stand up when a black man gets hurt or something like that like the dude that just died he was killed by a white instagram model white instagram model uh i'm trying to think oh yeah. the, no it wasn't instagram she was the only fans person she was the only fans well regardless all his tweets were malicious towards black women like he don't have a black mama like he i, I like, didn't even see that part i had no clue really? yeah and, and you're with a white girl that has all only fans though and you're to put in and a lot of black women were like well we're not gonna we're not gonna get into it like we're not gonna do anything we're not going to protest. We're not going to go out because I've never seen like a black man go out and protest for a black woman. You don't see like even with um, Breonna Taylor and the girl who got locked, who whose friend locked her in the freezer or whatever, however she died years ago. Oh, I remember that too. Oh my gosh. You don't see those as prominent as you see like George Floyd, um other men that have died like you don't those are not as with those women i feel like have not been as prominent whereas you still see trayvon martin you still see george floyd you still see them saying remember them it's every once in a while that i may see brianna brianna taylor down my timeline and i'm just like we're tired like as a as a black woman i'm tired of it like i feel like we get bullshitted what if I told you from my experience that there was once a point in my life where I dedicated my life to, like, like two uh, black women specifically? Um, and I thought they were my friends or my sisters and everything. And they publicly, like, humiliated me and embarrassed me in all types of ways uh, to the point where I had to become, like, a recluse for a while and everything. Like, you know, I'm not saying just, like, not trying to overshadow or trying to, like, compare stories. But I'm just, just saying there's some black men out there, man, and 
who will really do stick by our sisters and we get shitted on so many times man because like of what we look like or because we don't have enough money and stuff of that nature we got tossed away like trash too and there ain't never no support groups for us you know and i'm not and i'm not disagreeing because i feel like that's where um that's where society kind of kicks in like it's like if you're a black man with no money and you're not doing anything with yourself then they feel like oh it's fuck you but no like to some black women out there you still matter well to the majority of black women is that select few that is just mm, wild but I forgive them in the sense of just like you know that's who their nature is as individuals you know it's not who they all are and everything there are some black women that's come in my life who would dry your tears there are black women in your life that you can laugh with and that's just it you know and my sister especially like she's been through a whole lot of shit in her life but it's like you know she still kept grinding she actually bought her dream house not too long ago she just got married and everything you know it's just but she still has her own issues to work out just like it is but you know she's one of my main inspirations uh, to keep pushing forward too no matter what situation i'm in at right now so it's just like you know that's just it is what it is you know instead of us like all focusing on those who hurt us you know Brittany, let's just focus more on the ones who uplift us i know you got some black men in your life that you know are inspirations that you are places that you go to you know that are like you know positive you know you got brothers i mean i'm pretty sure they've been positive please, please say yes please say yes yes no comment that is okay <laughs> that, that, just like, keep it positive i not nah, like honestly i see myself as my own inspiration like i said i see what a lot of people go through and i'm like i don't want to be like that so i gotta grind 10 times harder to get to where i want to be like currently i'm working on my second poetry book and i have a kid's book coming out with my friend her name is montisha Yes, and we're, we will have this kid's book actually coming out soon, and I'm really ready for it. I'm really excited. Oh, okay, that's nice. Now, what is this uh, kid's book going to be on? Do you have any ideas for this kid's book? Uh, yeah, it's we're already in the works. It's, about, it's called My Big Name, and this is about the names of black children because, of course, I am a black woman, and I feel like a lot of people feel like it's okay to not correctly pronounce kids name no matter their race but I specifically talk about black people and black kids and that's not okay like your name is your name for a reason like my mama named me Brittany for a reason she didn't just decide hey this is gonna be your name no every name has meaning so you should your name is big it matters yeah, no, I could feel that, man, because, hey, taking it from this guy, man, I'm African. I just go with Toasties to, just to save up time and everything, you know. My full name is actually T. Dola K. Sefidi and everything, and I hate it. I, I love my name, but I just hate how some people, like, pronounce it because it's like, you know, you get the substitute teacher that you try to message you. It's like, oh, T. Souffle, you know, like, there's no you in it. Why you call me Souffle, man? Yeah. It wasn't funny the first ten times. You know, it's, it's fine. But it is what it is, you know. Even as African kids, like that's like I swear that's just one of those like PTSD moments. It's like, oh please, please, please pronounce my name right. <laughs> I beg you. But it's like you know to go into detail about my name. Uh, my first name T is like a deviation from my uh, language of being a uh, is a black actually. Um, and then the m- middle name uh, Dolake uh, means uh, one can't make it on his own, or uh, togetherness is key to progress, basically. And then uh, my last name, Sefili, is two words. The first part is a say, is what you would name your first son. And then uh, Fili, which is like the morning dew on the grass, basically. So it's like a lot of stuff uh, well together, basically. So it's just, I can pretty much see, like, that's just my name. But it's just like, uh, but yeah, yeah. If you like to pick another poem you want to delve into, because I feel like we've spoken less and less about this dang book. I, I mean, like, look, I'm just following... Okay. I'm following your lead. We're touching on a whole lot of socioeconomic matters, so it's still a pretty good episode regardless. Um, oh, what about reality? You want to touch on reality? Reality by Brittany Clark. Just let me know. <laughs> okay, reality. Um, I can't sleep, so I do drugs. I'm the type of kid who always needs a hug. I just want to be real snug. Yeah, I'll lie. I'll say my mental is good. Really, I'll lie and say I'm feeling really good. I just popped that pill so my eyes are about to shut now i don't have to see my life unfold and my dreams i'm a queen i'm very wanted sometimes i don't want to wake up 
it sounds bad, don't it? In reality, I'm lame, so in my dreams, my true peace comes to existence. I dream what I cannot reach in my reality. Oh, snap, 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 snap. So you can, in a sense, uh, if I were to like to uh, dissect the poem, in a sense, it's, uh, it's a reflection of how society uses drugs as a sense to escape their reality and to touch uh, the euphoria of a dreamlike state, correct? Yes, it's really, it's just simply about how people, when you're not being treated right, like in the black, in, in the community period, you turn to drugs because it's like nobody is asking you if you're okay, especially if you're the friend that's always okay. Like mentally, you can be in the shitter and you still got to put on that fast game. Like, yeah. So then once you lay down, like once you do your drugs you lay down it's like damn i could relax Mm, i can understand that you know you want to pick out another poem you know seriously we're trying to make this all poem based man for this for this next half got a good 15 minutes we can dig it um my friend she actually did um say that my book made her cry Mm. and it is oh this one i love it's inspired by my grandma. She passed away in September. Oh, nice. What's the title? Hold on. It's say. called The Type of Woman I Hate, A Dumb Woman. Okay, Three the, Types of Woman I Hate, A Dumb Woman by the, Brittany three Clark. Three Types of Women I Hate, Women I Hate, A Dumb Woman because she used to say it's three women I hate in life and that's a dumb woman, a dumb woman, and a dumb woman. That's that's funny. That's fun. That's insightful. <laughs> all right, but yeah, if you like to start, yeah, it's all to you if you like to start. All right. Dear dumb woman, look at you depending on a man, not coming up with a plan, running around here like a loose cannon. Manhunt, manhunt is the game you play. Just because you have this and that doesn't mean that man will stay. So honey, grow up and think. Accept the fact he is into every piece of meat he sees. His phone vibrates bright at night. This is when he comes home. That is when he comes home. Remember all those restless nights just because he wasn't beside you? Baby, that perfect man is a deception. It's all imagination. He won't ever be what you want him to be. You will always be his little secret. Being treated how he wants you to be treated because you are blinded by false love. Not only false love, but material things too. Until you break those chains... Then make your own way. You will always be a dumb woman. Oh, snap, snap, snap. Definitely don't want to be a dumb woman. <laughs> it's good to be a smart woman. Hey, you want to keep on going the whole uh, poems and everything? Yeah, it's got the floor, man. Like This is, this is a, uh, once again, the book is called uh, Wandering Thoughts, written by Brittany Clark. You best check it out. Uh, you got the floor, Brittany. Uh, yeah, just pick out any any type of uh, poem that you want, you know, unless you want to decide the last one you just went over. Um, I can talk about the last one. So basically, with um dumb women, like it's just like women. Society has it where women depend on men so much. Like you can do so much on your own without a man. You just gotta put. You just gotta put your mind to it. Like it's it's ridiculous how people depend on men. Like some women. And, but that's how their moms have raised them. And it's just like, no, like, don't depend on no man for nothing. Like, you can do it yourself. Yes, I understand becoming, um, can't even think of the word. Independent is a little bit of a no, struggle. becoming, um, submitting once you find that man that truly shows you that he's worth it. You mean submissive? You like you can be submit some you can submit to the man. You knew what I meant. <laughs> I know what you meant. I'm just trying to find the word submissive. Yeah, being submissive to the man once you know you see that he is what you need him to be. But if that man is not what you need him to be, and you always gotta do stuff for him, and he can't do what you need to get done, just do it yourself. Like let that man go. I feel like a relationship is giving and taking and y'all both have to give and take but it can't be no one way street that is for damn sure um, if you want to move on and everything oh cool there's one called mind sex LA. is that too explicit or I mean it's 
it's it's this is like that one that you don't want your parents to read, but it's so good. But you're like, uh. Hey, Mental Thirds podcast is for adults too, so yeah, no problem. All right, so Mind Sex by Brittany <laughs> Clark. I finally met someone. The person who gets my creative juices flowing as he dives in, dissecting the many folds of my thought of my mind, reading my thoughts, feeling my feelings. I get more excited. Tasting the lasting effects of my opinions, it gives me happy. It gives me this sense of happiness. Unraveling my riddles, understanding my life, the best feeling I could ever have. I want to get married to you tonight as you look into my soul, reading my mind, body, and heart. I have this quick sense of relief. You made it seem like it was crazy explicit. That's good. But it's I mean, not like, like nasty type. Like, not like a Nelly video. Or <laughs> It's not explicit, but the people who get it, get it. And the people who don't, don't. It's, I feel like it's explicit if you really understand that basically... Yeah, the double entendres and everything. Yeah, yeah no, I got yeah, it. It was just like, like I'm just like... As long as like, not, no cursing, I'm saying like, oh, like... When you said diving, I'm like, oh, snap, about to get crazy. It's like, oh, then I went down. Oh, never mind. Okay, nah, never mind. but that's my favorite one, though. That, I can say... That, that, that way you put it in all bold? <laughs> <laughs> No, I wrote each of them in different fonts and stuff, as you can see. Yes. Well, the people can't see, but you can see. Because I feel like with poetry, it's, you don't have to have a certain way to write it or anything like that. And a lot of it, I could say, I wrote in middle school. Some of it I wrote in middle school. Some of it I wrote as I grew up. Because my teacher, she... Um, she she started me with writing poetry because I had to write poetry for a project, and that a project, and that's where I found my love for poetry, and I've been writing ever since. And then when I went to college, my friend Alex was like, "Hey, like you need to be out here sharing your poetry. Like you need to publish your book. What are you? Why are you not publishing your book? What do you have going on?" I was just like, "Listen, I'm so scared of what people would think because, like I said, a lot of people think." it's about me which some of the stuff is about me i must admit but like a lot of it is not about me it's just about what i've seen people going through and their emotions so i had to put it on paper like i've i know girls who experienced rape and stuff and they still had to live with that person they still had to live with their rapist and it's just it was just sad to see like her not wanting to be in her house and stuff like that like it's a lot that I've seen, even though I'm only, like, 22. It's just so much shit that I know that I feel like I shouldn't know at 22. But once you hit the real world, you hit the real world. And that's what my book is basically saying. Like, yeah, no, ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, inspiration, it comes from you and your perception of things and everything. So never be, feel discouraged about that. Oh, what you make? Why is she making the poetry book all about her? Everything. <laughs> it feels like there's always somebody that has to hate on something for no reason. Hey, if that's where like your passion lies. Let it be so and everything. And look, like you put this book out and everyone supports it, right? I support it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I did get one review though. It was from my grandma on my dad's side because I can honestly say I. I'm working on my relationship with her, but as far as my dad and the rest of them, I don't really have a good relationship with them. And she was like, well, it seems like this is uh, written about a girl who was hurt and she needs to get help. And I'm like, lady, like, what the hell? (laughs) She literally written a review on the internet? Yeah, it's really on, like, if you go on Amazon, if you go to my Amazon, it's really on there. She really said that. And then she proceeded to give me, I think it was three stars. <laughs> yeah, so. Family problems. Grandma just realized how to use Amazon. Let's get it. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, we're working on our relationship. She said to let go of the past, but. You got six stars for me, just letting you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. No problem. I think it's cool. And also, it kind of shows me, uh, like, how able, like, this whole writing a book thing is. Because I also want to write a book in the future also. So, in the process of, like, trying to write a book, oh, I see it. Uh, it's about a hurt person. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's just, like, cause the first thing I saw was, like, exactly yeah. what it is. It's about a hurt person. She has to avoid, she, has, she needs to have a voice of her own. 
it took a lot of courage for this person to ride her feelings. Now she needs to find help to help her. So, oh my god. Yeah, she gave me a three star. <laughs> And that, I was that had nothing like, to do with the book, though. That has something to do with her own personal opinion. But you know, I don't. Old people just don't care, bro. I just I feel like they just reach a stage where it's like they just don't care, man. Yeah, I mean, like, my like I said, my grandma that passed. Her name was Carolyn. We were really close. But the my grandma who wrote this review, it was just like, mm, like I know, I know you're doing this out of spite. I feel like spite. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's the that's the greatest attitude you can have in regards to it. Because actually dropping a book, you don't realize how much of a milestone that is. To really sit down, write something, and get... You got Amazon to publish, right? That's how you did. I publish. I self-published, yes. And I just want to go deeper into how did that process go about? Because I'm trying to publish my own book, too. I have a whole storyline and everything, chapter to chapter. I just got to kind of write it out, like, what it is, like how, how the chapter's going to go and everything, right? Get on to it, but it's just... I'm listen. I'm definitely down to help you. I definitely um, it's Facebook groups and stuff like that. I kind of YouTube it. I'm not gonna lie, but I now have found Facebook groups. I like I said, my friend Matisha. She's very good with stuff like that. And um, basically, what I did was I found the KD public KDP Publishing, the Amazon self publishing. I wrote. I took my books. I formatted them a certain way for KDP. And then I uploaded it, and it took me, like, seven times to upload it correctly so it could be where I wanted to be. I even had to call customer service a couple of times, but I got my book to where I wanted it to be. That is so great. That's actually amazing, though, because, like, you know, people of our generation, you wouldn't expect to kind of do things like that. You know, there's only two people I know that have written their own books. One guy knew um from my uh from the men's achievement center at north carolina central university he written a couple books um and then there's you so it's just like now i want to actually write a book not because like oh yeah y'all wrote but it's just something i want to do so it's like to keep in contact with y'all and everything's like okay maybe that's just the universe saying like oh yeah you can do it but i'm gonna just give you a couple links here and there to kind of like you know just help you on your way because the first step into like try to do something new is like knowing people that are actually experienced in doing it so it's like you know hearing it from me and like you know don't ever be discouraged what people have to say about your book because that's a milestone in itself to actually get it done whether it's a poetry book whatever type of book kids book it's a dang book you mean you have to sit down you got to write some things and get it published and, you know and like people from the group chat pretty much uh, support your book too right yes definitely definitely i'm waiting to hear the reviews from them i'm so nervous because i'm confident in my work but like i said i'm a very shy person so it kind of took a lot for me to share again thanks to montisha because thanks to mo mo was doing a lot because she was like no you need to put it out there like your work is good i don't know why it's not out there what are you doing because i had wrote this book a year ago i published it people did buy it but then i kind of like fell off with it i'm like uh uh because it's my work but then i'm like now especially because of my friend she uh she's one of the reasons that i'm going 10 times harder with my books and stuff because she has a three book series Mm. herself and she's like yo like i got you and i'm like okay bet like i'm like and that's why i love her as a friend because it's like if you got me i definitely have you and i'm technically i'm supposed to be flying out to oregon and we're going to do like a pop-up book shop and everything and i'm super excited yeah, definitely go for it. That's where your heart lies. That's where your passions lies. Let it lead you, man, for sure. And everything, you know. It's like, I'm supporting your book and everything. Uh, you got an Instagram, right? I definitely do. I have I have two. I, of course, have my personal Instagram. And then I have my poetry Instagram. I haven't really posted on my poetry Instagram in a long time. So I'm getting back to it because I really suck at social media. That's no, okay. I feel that. I feel that, too. <laughs> But see, since I'm going to pretty much upload your episode on my podcast, I'm pretty much uh, repost it on uh, Instagram, too. I'll see if I can pretty much uh, repost your book also right after so people can, like, hear this podcast and, like, hear, like, uh, uh, try to read your book also and everything. I ain't got the biggest following, but it's like once this stuff gets monetized, boy, it's it's over. It's over. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, I'm trying to work, too, you know, so to get attention to y'all works also because I have artists and everything I'd be interviewing on this thing too so like for the first time to actually like you know you know interview like an author a real life author right here and everything uh-huh. you know named Brittany clark the book <laughs> is called wandering thoughts 
ignore that three star review. This is a six star book and everything. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's definitely worth the read, I'm sure. So I can pretty much get it off Amazon if I wanted to, right? Yeah, you can get it off Amazon. Um, I I told people they can DM me because it's ten dollars on Amazon. If you want me to sign a copy and send it out, like I'll mail it free shipping. It's fifteen dollars. And I'll write like a personal little note in there. That's fifteen dollars. Or on Kindle is free. Oh on Kindle it's free. Uh but I'm pretty sure you want to see that fifteen dollars though. So buy it. Fifteen dollars. Ignore the Kindle and everything. But yeah, I feel like we're kinda of reaching our time right around right about now and everything. I wanted to thank Brittany Car I almost call you Brittany Cart. Brittany Clark. We're hopping on as a guest for this podcast. Definitely check out Wandering Thoughts, a poetry book. Definitely worth the read. It has a good cover with like it's kind of purple, so it's like if y'all into that crown chakra type stuff, that's that's your crown chakra book right there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you have any last words to uh, let people know about uh, on the podcast, you're free to do so. Um, I just want to say thank you for interviewing me. Um, I'm free to do an interview, you know, anytime because I like anime and stuff like that. Oh snap! You know, I actually did an episode with my friend on anime too. His name's Shakori Reese and everything. And he's trying to get me on something called like Demon Slayer and everything. Yeah, Demon Slayer is so good. But in words to my book, um, if you do buy it, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you send me a picture of you with the book, and I hope you just you know leave a review, tell me your thoughts on it because I can only present you the words. I can't present your thoughts. Ah right, yes, most definitely, and I. That's it for the Mental Threads podcast. I'm pretty sure that was this is like the 56th episode. Yeah, moving on. Right. Yeah, okay. definitely, definitely trying to reach that 150 mark for sure. I know it's. I'm speaking into an existence. I think I can make it happen. I'm not. I don't. I don't think. I know for sure. Uh, but that's just. That's just it for the Mental Threads podcast. We sewed in, and now we are sewing out. Thank you very much, Brittany Clark. <laughs>